Welcome to the Professional Amateur Podcast, where I talk to amateurs who are getting paid to do what they love professionally. We all have to start somewhere, and these are our stories. Do you want to support the podcast? You can go ahead and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash theprofessionalamateur. When I first saw Leslie Spurlock's work, I was taken aback. It was beautiful and had great vision. And then, as I got to know her, I found out there was a lot more to this photojournalist from living with rebels in Haiti, covering natural disasters from hurricanes, and her endless humanitarian efforts. She isn't just an NFT photographer, she's a photographer that's trying to tell the world's story. today's episode of the Professional Amateur Podcast, I have an amazing photojournalist that I have met in the most interesting of places. Leslie Spurlock, could you please tell the world about yourself? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'll try and condense it. It is a long story. So um, I started, started out doing um, travel photography and sold uh, for corporate art collections, um, like compact computers and stuff like that. And then um, I ended up taking off for a number of years because I had kids and I um, Finally, at one point, I decided I wasn't getting any younger and I wanted to pursue my passion, which was photojournalism. So I took off for Haiti and um, it got kind of chaotic because um, I was on a forum and I was I was originally going to cover um, uh, this nonprofit that um, it was a home for Restavex, which was child slaves mm -hmm. and um, rescued Restavex. And um, so I was going to stay at this home in Haiti with with them. And um, I was going down with a lady that was part of the, the organization. And um, when I got on this forum, I, I saw that the lady that I was supposed to go with had been uh, accused of fraud and hospitalized uh, at a mental ho hospital. Um, yeah, and so, and then the, the, the guy that I was supposed to stay with and, and do the story on in Haiti was arrested in Haiti for abuse, sexually abusing the kids. Oh my God. So, yeah, so um, I ended up, they, they were so nice on this forum and a philanthropist um, offered to pay for a translator and a fixer for me. Um, he was a translator, but he turned out to be a fantastic fixer for me later on when I went down. And um, and this one guy who ran a nonprofit happened to be on my same flight and stayed was staying at this uh, new guest house that I was going to stay in. So I hooked up with him and did um, and and did a story on his nonprofit, and it was amazing. And then the next time I went back to Haiti, I was I was supposed to go with a, a girlfriend, and she um, we were going to go cut just cover carnival and um the uprising broke out <laughs> so, so i ended up um uh she backed out on me so i decided to go anyway mm -hmm. and um i studied who the main rebels were and stuff like that and so um i ended up going down to haiti um I went into rebel territory. I flagged down the rebel. I saw some rebels going by and I knew they were the key figures. So um, I told them, hey, I want to tell your story. So um, they, they ended up having a meeting with me and I was the only journalist still allowed in at this point because the, the road was blocked off into 
rebel territory and they would mm -hmm. only allow journalists in for a certain amount of time and then they had to leave so um but they let me stay and they decided you know that they would let me live with them and tell their stories so <laughs> yeah i live with them um the president sent in 17 men to assassinate us at one point and <laughs> um another time i this was before this i was actually in the, in a, um, I, I lived in the slums with them for a while. Then we moved to this hotel motel and um, I uh, was was staying in the room with all these rebel men and they turned on porn on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting here just dying thinking, oh, my gosh, are they going to rape me? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but they were really nice. And um, yeah, <laughs> the one rebel head rebel liked me a lot. So he told his men to guard me with their lives. So they did. Um, I was kind of treated like a princess and um, they, uh, you know, the airports were shut down and everything. And so I lived with the rebels for three weeks and uh, was in gun battles and everything and then went back to Haiti several more times once was to cover a flood that um and i do get emotional so i'm not going to go into this too much yeah. um, a flood that killed three thousand people yeah. i saw people buried alive in a mudslide i saw um bodies everywhere i walked uh in water with um bodies yeah. and um i was actually almost killed there that time as well during violence that had broken out in port-au-prince and that's a, another long story but i was shot at and um i thought i was really gonna die that day um and i i covered a lot of horrible things um i also went back and covered voodoo and um one of the times um the rebels thought I called the UN on them during one of the times because what the head rebel who liked me so much was in hiding and um, I, I he came out of hiding for me and the two guys I brought down with me to interview him and uh, the UN came in afterwards to try and arrest him and mm -hmm. uh, they thought that we had called the UN so the next day we didn't realize this the next day um, my uh, we went back down to interview another rebel and luckily I had my fixer because he said they were coming to burn us alive in our vehicles. Oh, yeah. Wow. And this was my friends. Yeah. So, so yeah, but, um, so yeah, I ended up, that was the last time I ever went to Haiti and, um, I ended up getting a divorce and, um, I shot, I had to make an actual living. So I did weddings for 14 years. Ooh. Yeah, and <laughs> I never wanted to do weddings, but I had the most amazing clients and they took me all over the world, my second shooter and me. And um, I uh, got remarried in 2018 and then to an amazing and supportive husband. And um, he, I, I ended up quitting weddings January 1st, 2020, hmm. and um, which was great because- yeah, good time to do that. Yeah, good time <laughs> because COVID hit. Yep. Yeah, right afterwards. And so um, I ended up, uh, we were staying home and then I saw a huge movement happening with after George Floyd was killed. And I told my husband, I said, we've got to go do this we've got to go be a part of this and and photograph this this history in the making and you know um so we drove from texas to minneapolis and um covered you know uh the first night um, the night with the fires and stuff mm -hmm. at the first fifth precinct and then we went on to cover 
17 protests total across the nation, including Portland, where the when the feds came in was tear gas many times, um, you know, saw people shot with rubber bullets and it was a crazy time and got published all over the world but that doesn't make you much money at nope. all Never does. <laughs> so, <nope. laughs> so i ended up uh looking into this whole nft thing and now here i am <laughs> yeah. that was the, that was that's, the short version <laughs> well but that's it's a good thing to, to do because there is a lot to you and just to be like oh yeah, yeah i met you in the nft space and that's the only thing you do it's, it's you have a long history in photography it, and just to hear the story, even just the overview, it's like all that time in Haiti. And then the, to me, like the wedding photography, I, I did it one time I, and I was like, not for me. Yeah, yeah, no. In fact, for the longest times, my friends, time, my friends would say, no, she's a photojournalist that photographs weddings as well. They wouldn't call me a wedding photographer. They knew better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always laugh at that. That because uh, it's a, it's a de definitely it's a type of person that does the the whole wedding photography thing. Because I know a couple wedding photographers who love it. They they yeah. they live and breathe it, and they're like, I have four weddings booked this weekend. I'm like, you you're crazy, but okay. Yeah, yeah. And my friends, they just love it, and yeah. I'm like, you know, I love my clients. They're amazing, but I do not love shooting weddings at no, all. No, and and that kind of like makes me when I go and look at your work and I see that you, you do the parallel that I like to do when I do shoot with people, when I, when I shoot events and things like that, is that candid shot is worth so much more than anything that you can stage. Yes. And, and when you capture that moment, it, it's beautiful. And I, I I'm kind of, I, I'm in awe and I'm, I missed the opportunity to cover it here in Atlanta. Um, and when the riots were happening and it's like i had this I had it was one of the few times where i didn't listen to my my gut and i said i should go and my wife was just like i mean you can it's getting pretty crazy though because you know obviously atlanta was it's uh, a predominantly uh black city so it's such a great melting pot but when that happened it got messy so fast here and it really, it broke my heart. It broke everyone's heart that lives down right. here. So it, but, you know, as a city, we all came together and, and even, even the police here came together in, on a lot of the, uh, the, the protesting that was going on. We oh, found that's out, good. Yeah. We found out that, well, no, because most of the, most of the protesters, you know, half of them were law enforcement because this is their city and they, they did not like what happened and it's not, they're like, it's not you know it, it, a police issue is you know it's a training issue it's a million you can go down the laundry list of all the right. issues that, that it is but and they even said he's like we would never want to be like that here yeah. i mean and it was great to see like sergeants and, and not just like oh he, he's been on the force for a year like people have been on the force for like 15 20 years that were you know marching um but i uh, I'm, it was a missed opportunity for me just because it's something I, I knew I should have been covering just for the, the sake of covering it for, cause right. it was history. Right. Um, but yeah, for someone like you, for a photojournalist, cause you know, that's where the, where I see like the, 
the bulk of your work and it's even on we'll get to the art side of it because the, your art side of your your portrait work but the photojournalism what in your life made you go i need to go down this route i need to, to when i i love my camera i like taking pictures but what made you go there's stories that need to be told and i want to capture them for me um, I've always been um, a humanitarian and I've always wanted to help people. Um, so for me, um, that was just, it was a given. Um, I wanted to not cover the, um, you know, the gun battles and stuff like that. I really wanted to cover the people that were affected by it all. Mm. And so that's why I got into it. Um, and um, I haven't been to any other war zone areas yet. I did want to go to Ukraine. I've been wanting to go to Ukraine for the past two months because I knew something was going to happen there. Yeah. Um, but um, but um, it's just even when I go down to cover things, um, I, I hate to be that photojournalist that goes in gets some pictures and heads home, you know, mm. and, and I can leave, you know, yeah. it always, especially like when I cover hurricanes and stuff like that, it always makes me sick that because, you know, my husband has a job and he goes with me to these places. And so we always have to get back. Um, but I want to stay because, and even when I cover hurricanes, I like to stay amongst the people in the heart of it and feel what they're feeling, yeah. you know, and um, I always bring donations and try and help however I can. And it always makes me sick that I have to head home and they still have to live this, yeah. you know, and so, um, and, and when you go to places like Haiti and stuff like that, um, the, when these tragedies occur there, um, you know, the people are so resilient, but when uh, something devastating happens, like the, the her tropical storm gene that killed 3000, um, you know, they want people to, they want the world to know what's happening because they want the help. Yeah. And, um, and so it's different from covering, you know, I, I did when I was starting out in, in school, um, you know, I, I went out with, um, uh, a TV photojournalist and, um, we would go and cover traffic events and stuff like that, you know, murder scenes. And I hated sticking the camera in these people's faces because there was no point in it. Yeah. I mean, granted, the news has to, to tell the news, but I didn't see any reason for me to cover to cover these tragedies because my covering my photographing them was not going to help. I didn't think yeah. so. It's different in the U.S. covering some things like that. You know, I would I won't do just regular spot news kind of stuff. Um, and, and even when I chase storms and stuff, um, if, if, if something occurs and people's homes are damaged and people need help, we always stop the chase and we always help. So um, my whole thing is that I like to help people. Well, that, I mean, that's by, by far the definition of being a humanitarian. You care about the humans involved here. <laughs> right, so, right. And, and I mean, I cry along with them every time. <laughs> but, you know, it's beautiful when, when you're that empathetic with people. Like, you're, you can get their story because you feel their story. So it's, it's actually, it's really beautiful that, that you are that way. Because there are, I, we've all met them. There's people that are out there that are photographers. Uh, they might be photojournalists. They just might be whatever they're doing. And they have no soul. And it's really like, they're just in it. Be like, I need these shots so I can get money. And right. you're, you're just like, 
no, no, you don't. No, you don't need to do this because yeah. th- there is a, you know, it's a, it's a common theme actually that has been popping up lately. It's like, it's all about having this human experience with people. You don't, just because you're there to cover this and, and tell the, the story doesn't mean you always have to have that camera up. It's like, right. And right. That's, it's like, um, it's a lesson that a lot of people just need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was covering, I was doing um, a story on um, domestic abuse. And so I spent time at a, a um, what's it called? Like a home for domestic, uh, like a domestic shelter, mm. but it was a very secretive one yeah. and they did allow me in. Um, but the whole week, the first week, I just sat there and listened to the stories. I didn't even pick up my camera at all, you know, and I sat there and, and, and heard what they went through and, and felt what they were feeling and stuff like that. So, it, yeah, I mean, I don't go in and just start taking pictures immediately a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, well, that's, well, that's why you are as good as you are because you, you do connect with them first. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it's kind of crazy. You know, we, we went over the timeline and like, we are going to jump around, but, um, the NFT space is something that as a photographer, I, I've been watching it for now since actually, before the pandemic, just all these wow. you know, just things, but I never uh, took my, my, you know, walk through the door, put my foot in the door and never even dip my toe in the water until like just a couple months ago, because I was watching my friends that have been doing it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Like, I, I understand it. I've been in crypto for a very long time. So like, I understand what, how it's working and what the, the technical side of it. But then I started seeing friends that were actually selling a lot of their artwork. And I was like, you, okay, I, <laughs> you're doing this. And at first, because a lot of the, a lot of the, the big NFTs then were all like, um, they were all animated or there were video clips or, right. or, or, you know, it was, it was a different feel, but as everything started shifting and now you're actually starting seeing more and more artists get in there, it, it's, it's kind of, it's a revolution for, for us as photographers, because it's a new platform to, to connect with other people and to, you know, showcase your artwork and see this amazing artwork that's out there. Um, but what I really, really find interesting is the story of like, what made you, what was that moment that you said, I, I need to do this. So I, I started seeing it, it was probably around August, I think. And, um, there's a storm chaser, Jessica, uh, Doppler Jess, who's been so successful in this. I'm so proud of her. Um, and I started seeing her talking about it and I thought, what the heck is this NFT stuff? And, you know, and so I started following some and like, and even back then so much of it was, you know, this animated stuff. And I'm just like, I don't get this. I don't understand this at all, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how is photography related to this at all, you know? And so, um, the more I started seeing her, the more I started saying, okay, maybe, you know, I should look into this. So finally, I guess in November, um, I, I started to really, um, think, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to 
go ahead and jump into this NFT world. And I know I need to start building my community. So I started, you know, doing that. And um, even when I minted my first NFT, it was December 1st. And I still didn't even know what the heck an <laughs> NFT was. <laughs> but I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just like, I don't understand why people want to buy this, but they are so okay i'm gonna put it out there yeah. <laughs> and so i did <laughs> and um you know and, and i had never even done crypto before so it was wow. it took two weeks for me to even get i had to set up a coinbase i had to buy eth you know i had to do metamask and it wouldn't let me transfer to metamax <laughs> for two weeks because <laughs> yeah i was a new account yep. <laughs> yeah and then i minted of course on foundation for my first ones i made so many mistakes. I ended up minting each piece for $300 gas. And oh, then, geez. yeah, that was the gas fee. And then, yeah. And then like it wouldn't go through sometimes. So I'd remint them again and then I'd have to burn them. And so I spent what should have been about a thousand dollars i ended up spending three thousand dollars minting my first few wow. and that was only like a few like three or four images <laughs> yeah yeah so i learned my lesson quick and there's still one on there that i'm trying to sell now that needs a title correction <laughs> but <laughs> i just don't feel like burning it and stuff and starting again <laughs> yeah yeah that that was um that was a, a lesson i, I kind of learned too like uh there was a couple things that i, I was like yeah this i understand is just cranking out stuff but i i learned to watch the gas prices just because i was like all right i know when i should be doing this and i'm a early bird sometimes sometimes i'm a you know i'm up late at night but most of the time i'm up early so i, I came down here like five o'clock in the morning and i was like oh i'm getting through this getting through this and i started i'm like all right i Mint, I, I I did it. I minted a, a collection and I got everything up and going. And this, this is great. And I went back to it later and I looked. I was just like, I misspelled a lot of a lot of them. <laughs> like, how did I do this? And I I was just like, okay, well, I could just edit it. I'm like, no, I can't. No. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. So I I you know, luckily I didn't spend three thousand dollars. I just <laughs> ended up spending probably a couple hundred. It, it, when all truth be told but i was like well i gotta burn it and i gotta start it over and i now i'm i i write everything out in like a google doc and i'm like okay <laughs> i'll check everything i'm like right, everything i'm gonna put this in here and i do, like triple check everything because i'm like i I don't want to make dumb mistakes again. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I hear you there. And at the time, see, I didn't even know gas fluctuated that much. Like, I didn't know if I if I minted it in the morning time, you know, the gas would be a lot cheaper. So <laughs> I just thought, well, this is the price gas is right now. So yeah. it's that price all day. So. Well, especially then, you know, then we're looking, that's when ETH was that <laughs> high. Yeah, that was, ETH was pretty high. So the gas fees were, were, it, it, astronomical yeah yeah that's when eth was worth 43 4400 you know dollars so. yeah so it, it's but now i i've noticed lately like the gas fees have gone down and gone down considerably yeah I just minted one on foundation today and it cost me a total minting and listing of like 24 dollars yeah i i it blew my mind like i i was like 
what's going on? I, yeah. I just went, you know what? I'm not going to question it. <laughs> I'm exactly. Gonna, I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> I'm going to do some updates. I'm going to, I'm going to change some prices on the things. Like I said last night, and I was like, all right, I got all this stuff I wanted to do. And I was like, I'm going to do it because it's, it's so cheap right now. And right. I'll take it when I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, in, in the NFT space, it is, it is daunting when you don't know anything really. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you first started, like where, what was your first step? You know, you, everyone, like, like you said, everyone needs to like start a community. It's a good thing to, to really start networking basically with, with other people in the space. But when you first started, like, where did you go from like, all right, I've minted my first piece to I've sold my first piece. Like where was the trajectory that you went? Like, were you big in Twitter? Did you do like, did you try paid advertisement? I I did all of that um, (laughs) actually. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I minted my first one and um, minted actually several different ones at the beginning of December. And I thought, Oh, you know, everybody seems to be liking this. I've already developed somewhat of a community. Um, I only had about 750 followers and I had been on Twitter since 2008. So, uh, um, and I would get one like every now and then, you know, (laughs) Um, and I never posted my pictures. I did it for news only. So, um, so when I first minted it, I thought, these are going to sell because everybody loves them. <laughs> Wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. I sat there and waited and waited. And luckily, you know, I met some great people in this space. And so we formed like, you know, group chats and stuff like that. And then also um, I, I got in with some of the storm photographers as well, storm chasers. And um, so that, that all helped, but yeah, I mean, I was like three weeks in and I didn't sell my first one until I think it was December 29th. And um, I ended up selling three, I think, between the the 29th and the 1st of January. Um, So it came in a big spurt like that. And um, but uh, what was I going to say? I did try the paid tweet thing i tried it on a couple of different ones one guy who has like you know a million followers or something crazy like that and so i thought this is gonna be great you know and (laughs) it it, you know when when you first did the the retweet the tweet and stuff you know all of a sudden you know i got 300 and something likes like within the first five minutes well i think they were all just you know his his bots and stuff yeah and so that got me nowhere and but the first one that i did a paid one on um it was nft nft something and they're actually really nice and they really did try to get me some sales and um my the tweet that they did of my stuff i did it twice with them the tweets got the highest they've ever gotten as far as likes and retweets goes so i did you know accomplish something for them and me but um, they were just shocked I didn't get any sales. But they actually really took their time and they were very interested in promoting me. Um, but that was the, those were the last two, two that I ever did like that because I realized, you know, I, I, I'm going to do better just on my own and with my community. So, yeah. 
um, yeah, but, and then, you know, after those first three, then you wait a few more weeks <laughs> and then a few more weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, I, I say it to a lot of the people that I've met in space and I, I love, I love promoting people. I love just like when people post their art and some of the shots they get and some of the, like, just the, just the beautiful, just, if anything from abstract to, you know, portraits and landscape photography that just blows my mind i'm always quick to be like oh yeah i need to retweet this people need to see this and i i think what a lot of people don't seem to recognize is that this is by far more exposure than most photographers have ever had um i've you know i've i've been i've had uh, cameras for most of my life, but it, it was a hobby for 25 years. And then it became a profession, like uh, we're looking about eight, nine years ago. I've never had the exposure. E even if I haven't made a sale yet, I haven't been focused on like, I need to sell these now. I'm focused on, I'm getting becoming part of this community. Right. And, and it feels so different than anything I've ever done. Um, because I, I need to find, I need to either create or find a community that, that does the type of photography I'm into, which is mostly like <laughs> macro and time-lapse photography. So it's like long exposure uh, photography rather. So like, those are my like little niche areas that I love sitting in, but a lot of people love the stuff and that's great. And that's I, awesome. and they like looking at it and, I, and that's all I really want. I want eyes on my work. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. The creator in all of us, no matter what path we take, that's kind of what we're looking for. We're like, Hey, recognition. This is great. You see my stuff and you said it, Hey, it's good. <laughs> right. Exactly. But um, what that kind of brings me to is when you start building these communities, like how, how can you start, weeding out the ones that aren't they're not in it for the right reasons and it's it's tough because there seems to be a lot of different people that are uh getting into the nft space and that's great because there are different facets in nfts for and there's a lot of weird nft like uh like categories that i'm just like i'm never going to touch them but in the art realm like i I don't understand collectibles that much, even though I do. Like I understand things like uh, utility and collectibles, but I'm, I never, it doesn't ignite anything in me. I'm like, yeah, okay, but I want art. Right. So when you're creating these uh, communities, how do you know? Because there's always going to be a few people that are in there for the wrong reasons. And you, uh, how can you tell them? And then this is kind of like a, a question that I'm also trying to get advice for. <laughs> but how do you, how can you tell them gently that you need to either pivot on what you're doing or you need to find something else in this community? Because that's, it seems really hard, but I, I've run into a few people that I, I, I'm trying to find a way to break it to them easy. And it, it's no, nothing about like their skill or, or anything like that. I, anyone that takes a photo to capture something is, I, I love it. But the ones that are just taking their phones and just, you know, clicking things and making NFTs, just, 
don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess I think, um, well, I think in the long run, um, they'll get weeded out because mm. of that. Um, and I think it'll just happen. Um, I don't really have too many that are in my community or that I follow that are like that. Um, most of the ones that I follow um, are, are, are good. And, um, and even when someone is not what I think uh, ready yet to be minting their stuff, um, I've always been one that, that sees the positive in things. So I still, you know, encourage people and stuff like that. And I, you know, it's probably also a fault of mine because I hate to say anything bad, you know, yeah. to people. Um, and I will tell people, you know, if they're, if they're doing something that they need to, like, cause I get people asking me all the time, how, how do I get seen? I haven't sold an NFT in so long. And so I, I will give them advice and stuff like that. And I'll tell them if, you know, they're not being supportive, I'll, you know, I'll tell them, I said, you know, you're, you are only posting your work and you need to start being supportive of others and stuff like that. But um, I, I guess I don't see that many come across my feed that mm. are not, fairly talented if not extremely talented so and I think the ones that are, are just are like you said um they're going to get weeded out although some of them you know right. that take the snapshots in front of the computer and they make millions so you yeah. know <laughs> and actually I probably would have bought one of that guys as well because it's so quirky and funny yeah. that I just actually I, I actually love it yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know and that, that's what I when I loved what I loved about that is that it was it was original and it was a, a take on like an old style of 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 like oh, I'm going to take a photo of myself every day and right. make make a collage of it and but the fact that he was like I'm going to turn this into something I was like that, that's cool but then yeah. once it happened <laughs> everyone was just like I could take pictures of myself too and you're I like, know. I know my daughter said that I showed it to her and she's like, well, I take selfies every day anyways. So. <laughs> yep. I'm like, it's not quite the same and I don't think it'll have quite the same impact, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's true. Um, but I've, I always see in a, a lot of communities and that's, I think that's my problem. So I'm, I'm on a lot of discord communities because I've been on discord for six seven years now in in the gaming world and uh -huh. and like twitch streaming and all that stuff um and i've been out of that world for a while now but i i still use it to chat with people and i'm like oh all these people have discords and i start hopping in them and i, I love seeing the different these different communities and i think that's that's my problem is like i can't just like I can't find a home and I can't create a home because the home that I create, I'm like, I need, I want everyone here because <laughs> that's how I am. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I love all different types of art. I love all different types of photography. I love all different types of music. I like I, there's a million things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's hard for me to be like, like come here people that do this stuff. But it's like, I, I want everyone, I want everyone here and I want everyone to be successful because this is the time like this this is the time that the creators can actually one get recognized two get paid for their work and three 
live off of the money that they're making. Right. Which, you know, the old adage of a starving artist, no, I don't want to be a starving artist. No one wants to be a starving artist. Right, right. <laughs> I and that's a- <laughs> why I'm actually onboarding a lot of people on Facebook. I've been doing that now for um, since I got into the space and since I sold my first NFT and they've mm. been following my journey. I don't, I'm not really on Facebook that much anymore, but I will post my journey on NFTs. And, you know, I haven't had any negative um, responses, which is, pretty amazing for Facebook. And um, yeah. And so everybody, in fact, I have a zoom call in, um, in about a week um, with someone that I'm going to help her, you know, set up her MetaMask and first uh, mint her first piece. And so, um, yeah, so they, they are all, I mean, so many people message me and respond to me and they're so interested in getting involved in this. So, you know, I'm trying, trying to help in that way, get more people involved. So, because they've been seeing my journey and they've been seeing, you know, that I'm selling this, I'm selling that, you know, and stuff. And, yeah. and it's, it's pretty cool. Well, yeah. And it, it's inspiring too, because it, it shows that, you know, you, you put in the work and you're going to get results. It's, it's, it's the same thing with everything in life, but a lot of people just think, well, it's on the internet, so this must happen. I'm like, it doesn't just happen. Right, and yeah. I've warned them of that. I've told them, I'm like, it is not easy. I work at this all day long. I, it used to be all day and night. Now I'm trying to take my evenings off, you know, for myself and my husband, so, mm-hmm. and my kids if they're home. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I tell them ahead of time, I'm like, don't go into this thinking you're just going to, you know, start making money right away because it's not going to happen. That's few and far between. You know, there are some people that are known that will make money right away, but mm-hmm. most of them, you have to work for it. Yeah. So. And, you know, I always tell people too, like I had this idea and I still have the idea and it's going to be, it's going to come to fruition uh, eventually once I figure out the moving parts, but you know, we talked, uh, I talked about, um, I've talked about it so many times, but it, uh, with my pug, which it sounds so silly, but <laughs> my, my pug is really popular on Instagram. Well, my pugs now, because we adopted a second one a couple Aww. of years ago. So they have a huge following and people love, love them to death and you know, anytime that we would make merch or anything, they, they'd buy it up really fast. So my idea is my, my pug Philomena, she's disabled. Uh, she has a spinal injury from when she was a little puppy. Aww. And, but we had a, um, through a whole bunch of hard work and a lot of asking around and a lot of physical therapy we found out about a company that does prosthetics for dogs, like custom, you know, you bring your dog there, they'll cast them and do it's, it's such a beautiful thing that they do. And the reason why I say that is because when we got the first brace, the first actual brace that worked for her, she became like a puppy again. She like was running around and having a great time because, you know, she could use her front paw. Like that was the biggest problem. It's like her front paw was like, you know, just kind of like curled up because of the the, right. the nerve damage. Um, so it was mind blowing. So I was, the whole idea is if I can 
tap into her community because there's she has like 84,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I need to take lessons. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that, that's the, the, the funny thing is I, I've talked to a lot of people. They're like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, one, have a cute poke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... I was like, that was a big chunk of it. Um, she was getting popular before her accident. <laughs> so it, it was like, but, uh, but the, I was like, oh, you know, you stay consistent and do this stuff. I'm like, no, just have content that people want to look at. Right. And what I constantly find is her community is so diverse and it's all over the world. There has to be out of 84,000 people, there has to be a few people in there that are in the, the nft space right yeah you would think so the the whole idea is creating it and i know charity nfts are generally just frowned upon and people people don't like it i don't know why i've talked to a lot of i've talked to so many people i don't know maybe they're just snobs i, I don't know wow but the whole idea is to take a large i, I have six years of photos like high quality portraits that i've done of her some of them are iconic that people love and i was like well i could actually put these up in different collections of each year of 2016 when she was a puppy and and take all the proceeds of anything that sells and actually put it towards a fund to help other people that might have a disabled dog because getting a prosthetic for your dog is not cheap I mean, right i would imagine <laughs> and most of the time especially if it's a younger dog like it the, your dog's going to grow and they're going to need a new, a new prosthesis eventually so the whole idea is is to set up this fund to, to help people get that that first one because it is a life changer it's, it changes the entire quality of life of of a dog and right and i I keep kicking it around and I keep wanting to do it. And then I, I've been trying to learn to not listen to the negatives, but man, I, I get really bummed out when I hear people's stories of like, yeah, I was setting up, uh, there's a wildlife photographer that I know that set up a whole bunch of her shots from, uh, Africa that she did. And she was, it was to write a hundred percent going to rhino conservation, <laughs> And like everyone was shooting her down and telling wow. her just like, you know, just you shouldn't be in this space. And it's like, why? that's crazy. I haven't run across that. I guess I, I follow the right people that actually care. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think that's, that's probably that's probably it. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I buy, in fact, this one person I'm going to buy from him, not only because I like his image, but because he he donates he's a, a surgeon uh, uh, i mean a cancer doctor hmm. and he gives free cancer treatment to people that's and he awesome. funds that with you know some nfts and stuff like that that's part of the way he funds things and he gives back constantly so that is the reason i'm going to buy from him and and i happen to like his photo on top yeah. of that but yeah i mean i i bought you know anybody that was supporting ukraine i would buy from them and you know and stuff like that so that's that's a shame that people are like that and you know i give a portion of all of mine i was giving a portion of mine to charity but lately i've been buying nfts instead and giving back in that way yeah. but i think after this next sale that just went through um auction um i'm going to give um 
a, a bit of it to charity again instead of buying an NFT this time and get back to what, you know, I, I originally set out to do. And I'll do, just alternate and do both. So, but, well, you know, I mean, I, I don't care what people say. That's that's what I do. And yeah. I will always do that. <laughs> now that that's what I wanted to hear <laughs> because and when when she hears this, because I know she's going to listen, she's going to go, okay, I just need to stop listening to them. Yeah. She, she has, I mean, she's been doing wildlife photography now for close to 30 years. And she, she said, I truly like, I want to help because I've been over in Africa all these years, like on and off and, and just seeing what, like the people that are protecting the rhinos going through and what, like how much it costs. It doesn't cost as much as you think it does to, to help, right. to help like staff these, these uh, foundations to, to protect these rhinos. I'm just like, this is perfect. I'm like, you, you, you've been, you know, following these, the, this wildlife there for all these years. And now you're going to be able to give back, not just be able to like have, you know, your, your, your shots in, a local gallery or, or shots you know that you had published by a magazine like you're actually going to be able to go back to that place and be like i'm helping you now like this is right. this is getting getting you the supplies you need to help you know to fight poachers this is you know all those and like to hear her get discouraged really it just it bummed me out and that's why like yeah. I, I kind of been sitting on the fence with with the thing with my with my pug i was just like yeah, there's probably not a huge market for people that want cute pictures of a pug all over the country and just, you know, because we've gone everywhere with her and it's been invited to events and she has more clothes than I do. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a strange world. And that's, I, believe it or not, the pug world is how I first got published is my pug. <laughs> being a lifetime photographer a hobbyist and then a professional photographer i would think oh maybe some of my you know landscape work or some like really awesome like fine art photo i did uh no uh, <laughs> I, I have 10 i don't have a huge plethora of, of published photos but every single one of them is of my pug that's funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, but i i really do i i i think that while maybe the market for the the pug <laughs> the pug community might not be there or maybe it is and i just don't know because i haven't tried yet i the fact that i'm not in it for for like getting rich or like pocketing money and just, like i i want to help the other people that went through it right right like, yeah same here i mean i've spent uh you know i figure i've i've made quite a lot of money on um, selling my work and every single bit of it and then some <laughs> has been put right back into the community so I have nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've what? sold 34 35 nfts now and yeah made like you know 25 30,000 and I've got nothing yeah. so <laughs> But, and here's the thing it's like you might have nothing monetarily but how does it make you feel you see, that's just it. How does it make me feel? How does it make these other people that I'm helping to support feel? Yeah. And that's what it's about. You know, when you give them their first sale, when they're feeling down and, and you know, you go and buy their work just at the right time when they were about to give up and, 
or you discover someone that's in that situation and you're like, are you kidding me? Your work is so great, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like, here, let's just give you this start because I, I, I love your work and I think you need to be seen. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I'm, and I'm a hundred percent behind that. And, you know, my, my wife said, my, my wife's an artist too. She does a lot of <laughs> traditional art with um, uh, acrylics and uh, alcohol ink and, I've been that's a that's like a another side project that in the back of my mind it's on the back burner because we're in in this space is if you've ever seen um how alcohol ink is is done it has a flow to it it's like it's a living breathing thing like when she like pours it out and, and does all this work with it but it's so mesmerizing like the first thing I thought of, I'm like, this is something that could be like a video type NFT right. that I could have looping. Like this is, people yeah. would probably love that <clears throat> because it is so different. It's, and it's never the same and it's not computer generated. And that's the big thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I, um, I even told her, I was like, eventually we'll find a way to digitize your art if you want to get into this because it's abstract it's it's beautiful but it, it's always there's always like a mood behind it and that's why people love buying it in, in person you know they buy the physical art but the being in the nft space for traditional artists is actually coming up really fast yeah, I, i've been it is. seeing a lot of them just pop in like out of nowhere i'm like oh, let me start following this person because I've seen their paintings before, like on Instagram or someplace. And I remember seeing them and they're like, I'm getting into this space and I don't even know how you're getting into this space. Cause that's the, in my head, I'm just like, you, you do like physical. <laughs> right. Right. You know, physical. Yeah. One of the Ukrainian artists that I've now become very good friends with um i i bought from her originally because i liked her work and i was trying to help her get out of you know you out of ukraine and yeah. um and we've become really good friends but her work she does paintings and stuff and i bought uh two of them i think so far there's some others that i would love to buy some new stuff she just came out with and um she's just i, I can't afford it right now but she is such an inspiration and her work is fabulous you know mm -hmm. so i'm so glad to see her getting somewhere now with her paintings i'm hoping everybody else will discover her like i have because yeah. um i think she's the only one whose paintings i've bought but i could be wrong but um i will continue to buy her work i, I just love it so yeah so, and that that's a that's another fantastic thing about this community it's it's when you when you do find somebody that you resonate with you're like oh this is what i was looking for in my life this type of work like this type of feeling this <laughs> type of motion whatever it might be it's it's there and i can directly support this artist and that's right I think that's bigger than anything else. Directly supporting an artist is 
so much more rewarding than having to go through the traditional means like oh well this artist is in a gallery you could buy this this painting for 500 (laughs) i'm like well how much is the artist actually getting (laughs) well yeah and not only that it just seems different when you're in the nft world because I won't go out to a gallery and spend $500, but I'll spend $800, no problem, you know, in the <laughs> NFT world. Yeah. I do it daily. You know? yeah. And it's just like, you know, I, I don't even think twice about it. So, <laughs> yeah. I, and a lot of people follow that sentiment too, because it is, it's, there is something about it. And for even for the people that are listening that are just fascinated by this and have no idea there's there's a feeling you get being in the nft world of knowing that you are at the beginning of the 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 change of of how everything's done for for everything actually just everything in general like right this is this is what the future is going to become like if you don't want to understand this space maybe you just don't want to you should learn about it because before you know it this is going to be the way that everyone is going to be doing business Um, and it's not just to collect art and and sell art you know there is a multitude of different applications that this space holds so it's there's this feeling that you are at the forefront of like okay this is the new this is the new movement. This is going to be in five years, 10 years. This is going to be the, the thing that everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, great. Like I can do this. And like, this is, you go to the store and you don't even think you just, maybe you just have a, a physical wallet that, and then just pulls directly from it. And then that's it. You know, I just have a feeling that being where we are right now is we're at the literally at the edge, just looking over this valley of like just nothing but good fortune. It, it's yeah. It, it well, and not good. only that, just just for example, in the Ukraine, uh, what happened in Ukraine and is happening right now. So many of them weren't able to use their credit cards and stuff yeah. like that, or get cash out, but they had their crypto yeah. and they were able to use that. You know, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the wave of the future. So yeah. you can either get in now or get left behind. It's up to you. And I choose not to be left behind. So. Yeah, I I I am the same way. And I've I've learned a lot of hard hard lessons in crypto over the years. Like I said, I've been in crypto for a while. Um, I am not a crypto billionaire or anything. Um, I should be, but I am not. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it, it all came to like at the time like i had i think it was 25 bitcoin in 2008 25 bitcoin was like 100 bucks back then it wasn't it was worth nothing and it was a very small tiny community that used it and i used it to to like i bought some plugins for photoshop and i remember i like like something that somebody made and i was like oh cool yeah i'll spend it blah 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 and i had like 0.7 left and then i remember the silk road was like the big black market back then and then it got taken down and then all of a sudden the price of bitcoin jumped up to like six hundred dollars oh wow and i was like (laughs) oh crap okay (laughs) 
I was like, well, you know, I still have 0.7. That's fine. And then there was like a charity thing. And I was like, oh, you know, they take Bitcoin. And I gave it to them. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> and then a year later, you know, there you go. Bitcoin yeah. just started going up and up and up and up. And I was like, I understand that I, and the, the lesson I learned was I pay, I used it for what it was worth at the time. I didn't know it was going to be worth 40,000, 20,000, 50,000. <laughs> I didn't know that like, and that's okay. And I, I've made my peace with it. <laughs> right. But that is, it was a lesson to learn. Right. And I've always, uh, always been in it just like, all right, I still have like just a, some Litecoin here, some like Dogecoin from forever ago, like it's a whole bunch of different coins, just a whole bunch of different crypto that it's just sitting there. And I'm just like, I'm holding on to it unless I find something that I'm like, all right, I, I need to get it and they take this coin, but I'm holding on to it just because it's like, just in case. Yeah. Just, just in <laughs> Good case. Idea. I, I learned this lesson that like, you never know, you know, tomorrow something might expect explode in the crypto market and you're like oh that 20 coins that i had of whatever coin that was that was worth like 0. 0.000 cents is now worth like five dollars and you're like okay i now it's time to <laughs> celebrate <laughs> but you know be, being in the market and being in the, the the space that we're in it's it is the future it's right and there's no there's no way around it. People thought it was a fad back then. In 2008, people thought it was a fad. They were like, right. oh, cryptocurrency is a fad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, NFTs, I remember it was it was 2019 and somebody was talking about it. And I, I intently listened to it because I was like, all right, this is something and it's using the blockchain technology, like lay it out for me, just really lay it out for me. Let me understand what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, this is going to become commonplace. I don't know when, but it's going to become <laughs> commonplace. And then once, um, you know, I've been following people forever because I always used to love his uh, one a day, you know, either drawings or animations that he would do. And when he sold his collection, I was like, uh oh, this is going to be the tipping point because people are going to see that he made millions on his collection, right. and they're going to all jump in. And it's 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 happened. And then Justin, I would say in the last year alone, watching everything go crazy, um, it makes me happy to be a part of the community. But it also makes me feel like okay, I'm I know where the world's going when it comes to this stuff and. I feel, I feel quote unquote safe here. Like this is, this is where my art can live. This is where I can do commerce and I don't have to be terrified that something horrible is going to happen. Like maybe the banks will run out of money or, you know, just stupid stuff like that. Right. So <laughs> I, I honestly, like I tell all my artist friends, all my photographer friends, all my friends that I care about, <laughs> Like they need to learn and they, right. need, they need to get in on it because if they don't, they're, they are going to get left behind. And I, right. I just, I don't want to, I, I tried explaining to, to, <laughs> I tried explaining to my mother who's she's in her late seventies and she's like, Oh, I, I heard about that on the news. I was like, 
yeah she's like so what are you doing i was like and i laid out the technical which normally she's like kind of follows a lot of the technical stuff over the years uh, she always did but and she's like oh i don't i'm lost i was like i sell my photos online and she's like oh i understand that i'm like oh, that's close enough i'll just leave it <laughs> like if she needs help with it I'll, I'll set everything up with her but then she doesn't need to to worry about it right now. <laughs> so i always ask this now that we're you know we're in this space and people know who you are and they you know people are buying your work where do you see yourself going in the future um well that's a good question um at least with this i think um it's nice because I can do the type of photography that I want to do that I've always wanted to do. And I, I can make maybe make some money doing it, which is wonderful. So I don't have to work for clients anymore. Um, and, but, um, you know, eventually I'd like to start a nonprofit. So I'm hoping this will help with that. Mm. Um, we'll see, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just glad that I'm able to actually just relax and do the kind of shooting that I want to do and experiment and have fun and, you know, enjoy photography again and not have to work for clients. So, I mean, I love my clients, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I, I, I've never been one that enjoyed, you know, doing this type of, that type of work. So. Yeah. See that that's, that's the sentiment that I, I talked to another photographer friend, uh, actually a couple episodes ago, he's also in the pug community. So, but we were like parallel that a lot of people knew us for the work that we did with our pugs. And I was like, but that's not what, that's not what we do as photographers. That's just happens to be one of the things we're known for. And then he said, he's like, you know, it's, it's okay to take a step back. And that's what I've been doing in the last year. It's like, I haven't been actively pursuing clients. And once in a while, somebody will reach out, reach out to, right. to get a, you know, a shoot done. But I wanted to make photography for me again. I wanted to take, you know, go out in the middle of the night with my tripod and remote trigger and do my long exposure shots of, of things that I found interesting. I wanted to do my macro photography that takes the most mundane stuff around the house and makes it visually appealing and makes you look at things differently. Like I wanted to do that. And now I'm back doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I wanted to feel the passion again, which I had lost. So yeah no that that's beautiful um while we wrap up here leslie first of all thank you so much for for coming on and just talking about one the the crazy life as a photo a photojournalist that you've had and then <laughs> two the crazy life that you have in, in the nft world because <laughs> it, it is it, it it is a crazy life if you tell anyone that's not in this world not in this space what you're doing they will just look at you like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so it, it i mean it like i said it it was so great to to have you come on and, and talk you. to you um and before we do go uh please plug anything and everything that you have you know websites social media whatever you got okay <laughs> uh so um i uh, i'm on twitter leslie a spurlock um, I'm on Facebook, 
it's actually because I was hacked um, just a few months ago. So it's now Leslie Spurlock Kinzer, which is my last name, K-I-N-S-E-R. And then um, some of my photojournalism and travel is on uh, lesliespurlock.com. That's my website. So we just redid it a while back. And um, I'm on Instagram. I think it's Leslie Spurlock. I really don't use it that much. <laughs> But, um, but I am on there, so uh, I, I never check messages or notifications <laughs> there, so. and I, I haven't been posting there in a long time, so, but yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Instagram's a weird one, because uh, that's where my pugs, you know, pug account is, but my photography account late, uh, lately has just been just me selling, uh, like, selling my digital download stuff that I do on Etsy. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, go buy overlays and, and stuff. You know, if you're a beginning photographer, that, that that's fine. Go do that. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> but like, everyone's like, you used to post a lot more photos here. I'm like, it's not what I want to do here. That's not yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want, I want to, I want those photos to be someplace where they're going to be appreciated. And right. That's, that's this space even if no one buys it people are still appreciating it exactly so but thank you again so much thank for coming you on. thank you for having me i appreciate it oh, no problem and until next time